0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Joachim. Frenchie is here. It's IndyCar, and just before we forget, no F1 tomorrow. We are going to take our own F1 summer break and give ourselves a day, a little bit less work this week. Obviously, plenty of Nashville stuff to talk about, maybe a little bit of other news and stuff, who knows, And but I wanted to start with our, get back to our Non-racing question to start off the show, and so I am going to a state fair tonight. I've never been to a state fair before. I, you, know, I've been to like one of those like little carnivals, you know, like the kiddie carnivals when you're a little with like the amusement rides and dumbass games and whatnot. So I have a feeling I'm in way over my head just based on what I know because you know, C- C- city boy is never experienced you. Know, Cows being shown around State Fair. So Frenchie, does Virginia or Maryland or wherever you actually live have any sort of state fair type thing that is popular in your area?
1: Yeah, I used to go actually to the county fair. Yeah. Where I grew up in Maryland. So we had a county fair that would happen every summer. And I think it's probably just a a miniature scale of the state fair because we had all the farm animals and everything and i'm trying to think of what else they're like bunnies that you can look at and and there are cows horses i mean there's like kind of just animal droppings everywhere and then a lot of fried foods that you would never have thought about frying
0: yeah i've been told to try fried oreos tonight and that sounds Ah. incredible i've never had fried oreos before they had that at our county fair and i think i've
1: tried that before they it's like it's surprisingly good for
0: Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna work. I've also been told to check out the world's largest pig, which sounds much less exciting than Fried Oreos, but I don't know. Maybe I could <laughs> How be... big is it, do you know? I have no idea. This was Cody. Cody said, Look at the world's largest pig. I'm like, sounds really boring, but I guess like to say I've done it. Anyway, it should be interesting. And thank you and thanks to Frenchie for rearranging the, our schedule. For a second straight day and a second straight week so I can go on a date. So you yeah. know. And for the hard work this weekend. Only only if it goes well then will I rearrange my schedule. So if it so if I text you tonight like it didn't go so well, you're like, no, I'm not gonna not not gonna it. Yeah, then I wouldn't it. do it again because right. it would be worth it. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I can respect that. That's actually makes it's sense. A pressure for you to succeed. Oh boy. All right. Well on that note <laughs> Nashville, what a weekend. It was much hotter than we expected. I said the weather was going to be fine. It was anything but fine, essentially, all weekend. I think this is the first weekend in my racing, I don't know if you want to call it career, coverage career, that I've had two lightning delays in one weekend. I don't even think when Hickey was traveling with me a couple times, we had two in one weekend. So We really lucked out with the weather this weekend. I'm gonna rant for a minute here, and then we'll get your thoughts since it's your first time, and Na- it was your first time in Nashville. And this isn't so much on the track; this is the tr- the the layout of walking around Nashville. The track probably could use some work on the layout. Sure, I don't. I don't think it's unsalvageable per se but yeah i mean it, it needs work other we'll we'll get to the on track part in a minute here but walking around trying to get from the media center which is on the far side of the tennessee titan stadium underground to the pit lane is a 15 minute walk if you want to go out and have lunch at honda it's 25 minute walk if you want to go to the fan zone 20 minute walk everything is a hike you have to cross over the one pedestrian bridge i think there's t- actually another one now too It's just so badly laid out that, as people who are working the event, it's really not an enjoyable time to walk around. Like, it's I don't. This is the one race I didn't bother texting anybody. Like, hey, I want to say hi this weekend. (laughs) It's just I'm sorry if you want to see me, find me in Gateway because Nashville is just too chaotic to walk around. And like every day you get home or home deck to the hotel or Airbnb or whatever. And you're just, like, completely mentally worn out. And I've never wanted to get out of a city quicker than after, well, after a two-hour press conference at the end of Sunday than, than Nashville. So it's kind of like, I Barber, before they built the media center, which is another awful location in Barber, was a tent that was kind of like right, I don't know, probably 200 yards behind pit lane. And it wasn't glamorous by any means. It was a little tight, but it was right there. And I'm, I don't need anything fancy, like a fancy media center in the Titan Stadium or anything. Just give me a tent if it's going to be hot. Pump some air into it. And just let us be a little bit closer so we don't have to hike miles to get something done. It's really exhausting. I don't know. And, like, I kind of told you beforehand, like, this track is a a trek so now that i've rambled on what did you think of the working experience well
1: first i feel guilty complaining about it because it's kind of a i would say a treat or like an honor to be able to get to cover races but it was probably in the racetracks that i've experienced the worst management of just space nothing like you said was close to each other so In that heat, I felt really bad for the drivers. I also felt bad for the fans who didn't have anywhere to sort of have refuge. I mean, they had what cooling tents, a couple of them that were pretty full all weekend. But I've never sweat that much. I don't think not working out like I was I I felt like (laughs) disgusting. And I I hope the people that saw me this weekend don't think that that's (laughs) what I'm normally like because I was drenched. It was it was pretty gross
0: yeah and listen thank you the the race the guy the guys and gals who promote this race and work to set everything up are some of my favorite in the industry always going out of the way to see what you need. They did try to help with some golf carts to get from you know, point a to point b in some parts but it's it was like I slept a lot on Monday I mean it didn't help that I got back at two thirty in the morning but it was it was draining. So on the track, let's let's talk about that before we talk about the actual race. And Colton Herta had an interesting, or it, was, it might have been Brian Herta, that a race will eventually lose its luster if it's all based on luck. Like you know, Colton Herta breaking a wing early and finishing fifth, Dixon having under tray damage you know, getting hit from behind and a flat tire and winning the race. And Marcus Erickson somersaulting through the air last year and winning the race. Great in the moment and, like, really cool for us to, like, see and cover. But at some point, they need to do something, whether it's widening that tight kind of uh, section, you know, four, five, six, seven, or whatever it is, or, you know... The bridge shots look awesome. The rest of the track, maybe they just need to widen certain points or slow down certain points, because it's just—I mean, you saw that shot of all the wings on the truck afterwards, and like, yeah, okay, you know, some races are going to be a little bit more mayhem than others, but eventually, this is just going to become a like kind of a laughing stock. Like, it's not enjoy. It's not like the craziness is fun in the moment, but I. I'm kind of like I didn't really care for the actual racecraft of the race because it's all just luck, like Brian Hart has said. Yeah, I think it it turns
1: into a farce if it's just this unpredictable every single time because you're not seeing necessarily the best guy winning. I mean, fortunately, the best guy, I mean, the second best all time in IndyCar and definitely the greatest of his generation, Scott Dixon, won this race. So it ended up being a deserving winner. But I mean based on how many people were able to get their laps back in all those caution periods, you have no idea what's going on or where you're going to cycle at the end of the race. And I don't even think the strategists were able to react to most of that. It was almost, like you said, just completely based on luck.
0: Yeah, there's there's really not much strategy involved when you have nine cautions. There's no long tire runs. There's no fuel saving. You know, you might have had a... You know, Dixon got 50 laps on his tires. Part of that is because he's Scott Dixon, A majority of that is probably because he's Scott Dixon, but also without without,
1: like rear downforce, which is incredible. Like he had a loose car and he was able to somehow save the tires.
0: So like I'm not taking anything away from Scott Dixon, but also when you run 45 percent of the race under yellow flag, roughly maybe a couple percentage less than that, it's also easy to save your tires at certain points. And I'm not take don't want to take anything away from from Scott Dixon. He passed Mario Andretti for second on all time wins. But, like, the strategy standpoint is just completely out the window.
1: Yeah, it was something that I have never experienced before. I think it was yeah. even crazier than last year, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, yeah,
0: you know, the difference is like last year, nobody knew what to expect. Yeah. So you're just like, oh my God, this is crazy. But maybe next year they'll figure it out. And, like, this year it was like, Oh, my God, nobody figured it out. This is completely batshit insane, and we haven't figured anything out. So it was like a different type of crazy to me. I want to come back to something you
1: said, actually, about possibly slowing down parts of the track. Yeah. I don't remember where I heard it, but probably in one of the press conference interviews that someone said, one of the drivers, that we might actually need to speed up these sections because... The, how slow those cars are going in that really tight twisty section! Right. It invites people just like going down the inside. Like you don't you don't have to try sure. that hard to just like break a little bit later.
0: Yeah, respect. I can't listen. They're the they're the experts. I'm not. So if speeding it up is the answer, sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure anyone knows, but that was yeah. just something I remember hearing. Yeah, no, totally, totally cool with that. You know, I feel like something has to be figured out because eventually, after you know another year or two of total mayhem will you see teams maybe pull I don't know like pull back and just kind of play it safe and start last and just kind of hang around and then like that's not really racing it's just like running hot laps and waiting for other people to crash and then it's boring but I guess we should talk about the actual race Uh, obviously plenty of things happened Alex Rossi spun like six times early and still finished fourth so good for him to Back up his win with another thing. Elio had a rough day. He finished somewhere not great. Thirteenth. Yeah. Then we had the carfuffle number one. <laughs> the, the caution summary just lists multiple cars. And I don't remember. So obviously Dixon was involved because he had the the floor damage. Yeah. Pato was involved because he got his gearbox knocked out of the race. Simona was involved. Dalton Kellett was involved. Will Power was involved. I think Will Power slowed to avoid something in front of him, and then Pato hit him, and then somebody hit Pato. I think it was
1: Hall right? He was involved yeah, in that. yeah.
0: Graham hit Graham was involved in that, and then so that was that was that that was you at that point you're like all right you know one big incident whatever. Then we have. Devlin and Sato, and I rewatched it a couple times. I'm curious for your take. I don't know if you've rewatched it or the Devlin and, and Sato incident. And I can chat first if you need to like look at it real quick. I'll look at it again. I don't remember really. Seeing it. There were so many incidents
1: in this race that <laughs> I'm know, not even recalling.
0: Uh, that's why I have the. I, I don't always look at the IndyCar box score when we're when we're recording, so I can pretty much know remember what happened to a degree, but. Yeah, this one you cannot. So it was almost like the Kirkwood, Malukas, and then Newgarden, Grosjean. I think it was that same section. Sato, Sato is on. I think Sato essentially just gets shoved into the wall by yeah, Devlin. That's what it looks like, and it doesn't look Devlin's like Devlin's on the inside in the corner, and yeah, he just puts looks like Sato in the wall now. Yeah, make, he makes no effort to slow down or change his line. Sato wants to go after Devlin, and one of the safety workers held held him back. I really wish he didn't, because I would have loved to see a little, little melee. Not that I advocate. Are you for saying that. little because they're uh, no, the two shortest no. drivers not, in this I did, series? I did not mean to do that. No, I, as soon as I said that, I wouldn't I was mess like, with oh. Sato.
1: I just really don't think like he seems like somebody who probably is way stronger than his size. Yeah. would tell you he is.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, Devlin
1: Devlin boxes, so I don't I don't think that would go well for either of them.
0: But... <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a good match, yeah. but yeah. Listen, I don't really like you know how like NASCAR has fights all the time and whatnot, but I think in this case <laughs> that would have been the perfect cherry on top of this event. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I don't think there was a penalty called on that one. No, there was not. There, the
1: penalty situation in this race was mind boggling. I mean, it's kind of consistent with what we've seen all season of, like, obvious penalties aren't called. But there were some, like, with the kirkwood
0: Malucas incident
1: that I'm sure we're going to get to, that was,
0: yep, I just didn't understand. Yep, yep. I think that's, that is next on my caution summary list. And, mind you, because this race was a total crapshoot, it's hard to talk about a lot of what actually happened because it was just luck and good driving by Scott Dixon, and Scott McLaughlin to go from 15th oh, to 2nd. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to that. But, and
1: Lundgaard looked really good for a while, too, until he fell back
0: Yeah, the end. I think he had some sort of issue or something, because all, all of a sudden on the radio, he was like, I can't keep up. I'm like, okay, well, you know, still, still good for him to finish 8th, and he's got a, a little bit of a cushion now, I think like 40 points on, on co-host Malukas on <laughs> Rookie of the Year. That being said... Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas. To me, I, I get why guys make the move there on the on the left or on the inside. Totally get attempting to make the move, but when you make the move, like the the big difference to me between this incident and the New Garden incident is New Garden was fully alongside of Grosjean and had the inside line. And yeah, he, he gives Grosjean the rough treatment and runs him out of room. Can't can't argue that one. Kirkwood goes super late on the brakes, kind of taps the the wall on the left, and then sends him and Malukas into the outside wall on the right. I have said to. You, Frenchie, many times, like, Kyle Kirkwood will put it together. Like, it's okay. He's a talented driver. He's had a rough three months now, and it's definitely concerning that I, I think he's trying way too hard. I think he just needs to relax, like, early in the year when nobody expected anything from Kyle Kirkwood. Just go out and nobody expect Just just go out and drive. Because I think he's a talented kid, but he, he he made a big mistake on this one, and... My second point. Let's before we talk about race control, let's talk about Grosjean and Grosjean and, and Newgarden. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.
2: Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener
0: survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads,
2: but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on.
0: Any thoughts on that?
1: I think that move, Joseph gave Grosjean the option to, if he wanted to back out, he could have still made that corner. Whereas if I'm looking at the Kirkwood-Malukas incident, I think just how deep Kirkwood sent it in there and there really wasn't space for his car, um, I don't even know if he would have made it through the corner on his own had Malukas not been there. Yeah, it was a weird angle. So that's what I think is completely different is Newgarden was making what I consider to be a legitimate pass and Grosjean had a choice to make of whether he backs out. And of course he's not going to back out. So, you know, when ended up happening, I think is a racing incident and it's on both of them majority on Joseph, obviously, but yeah, you know, when you're Grosjean, I think, unfortunately, this is how people are going to race you because of the way that you've come across in the paddock and the way you've raced other people. We've seen how rough he's been. <laughs> And I don't think anybody's given him the benefit of the doubt.
0: They're just going to send it when
1: they see a space.
0: Yeah. And I think judging by Newgarden's comments afterwards and Marcus Erickson said something, Colton Hurd of kind of said, kind of said something, you know, this isn't just like Graham Rahal or Alex Rossi has a problem with Grosjean. It's a lot of people. And there are other drivers who have told you and I, Yeah, it's tough. He's kind of a jerk to race against so there's clearly no respect given so he's not going to get respect when on these benefit of the doubt sort of situations here you know he's going to get raced hard so he's got to like he's got to deal with it you know stop throwing your helmet against the ground when when you're walking to the safety car like you can be angry it's okay like it's all right to be frustrated that that you you know wrecked out or got wrecked whatever you want to call it Newgarden was definitely in, in rare form Sunday night on social media. Yeah. That was quite a scene. But he He's usually not someone you would consider no. to be
1: a dirty or aggressive driver either. Yeah. So this was, I think, a rare moment. And people are just reacting very intensely to what they saw. Because he's like the happiest-go-luckiest-seaman guy. Yeah. You know, not Elio level. But, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a, I would say, pretty... Take, doesn't take himself too seriously and he was going off on Sunday night I mean maybe it's the heat he p- makes people cranky made us yeah. cranky I don't know <laughs> yeah but it was just not I don't think he, he didn't want to be there I don't think he understood why he was so far down when he had speed and it, it just didn't go his way when, when he's in the championship hunt
0: yes yeah all right let's talk about race control all year we've preached. As long as they're consistent, it's totally fine. I get it. You know, whether they call penalties or don't call penalties, you know, consistency is key. So Kirkwood and Malukas have their incident. I am walking back to the media center, or I think I had just gotten into the media center post race, and David Malukas has gotten an avoidable contact penalty for his incident with Kyle Kirkwood, and. I so listen. I know I'm not the smartest person in the media room. So I went to Steve Woodick, who was to our left, who went to Nathan Brown, and I was like, "What did I did I miss something?" And and neither of them had uh, could understand it either. How in the hell is David Belucas supposed to avoid contact there? It makes absolutely no sense. He got and and in the grand scheme of things, (laughs) he drops from 18th to 19th. Not a huge deal, and so you know the the punishment is not what I'm angry about. But it's how does race control determine that is avoidable? If that's avoidable contact, then Grosjean should get avoidable contact for getting raced hard by Newgarden. But he didn't, and there was no avoidable contact penalties. Let me let and me Sato go. Sato too. Yeah, Sato should have gotten one. Let me look at the penalties here. That those were the only avoidable contact penalties. There was a couple of jumps
1: in the incident with with uh, Dalton. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're, the guy on the outside is getting the penalty and go like for going into the wall, then that those are who's getting penalties.
0: So how how do you determine? Hey, uh, Jack Harvey got one on the last lap of the race, lap eighty. I, I don't even remember even, seeing that. Yeah, I don't think we saw it, and so he got dropped from from ninth to tenth. You know, whatever, but. I, in, so in either of those cases, how do you determine that that's avoidable contact, but nothing else that happened in the shit show of the first seventy-eight laps? Or when when did when did Malukas crash? In the first sixty-two laps was not avoidable contact. It just makes no. This is so off the wall and not consistent with anything they've done this year. It's just so frustrating. And I know we might we might be a little biased in this case, but I would be this frustrated regardless of who's involved because it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the lack of logic behind it is pretty infuriating.
1: I, I can't even imagine how Malukas feels about it. I'm sure he won't really be able to tell us because he's a diplomatic guy. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on here because I think the lack of penalties and then this weird kind of blaming – who I would consider to be the victim in this case is almost inviting guys to race really, really hard and just opens it up because you know that you're not going to be the one to get a penalty. They're not even going to call something
0: or they're going to call the victim. Yeah. It's just so frustrating how, you know, maybe race control hasn't been as consistent and now I'm just realizing it, but I don't necessarily think that's the case, but it's super, it's, it's really frustrating and it's very unfortunate. Malukas has been hosed by race control a couple times this year already. So yes, I have not even attempted to talk to him about that in the little I've talked to him since the race ended. Cause I don't need to, uh, I don't, I don't know, pour any salt into the wounds, but yeah, touchy subject maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit, uh, before we continue, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the episode, So, when you are as tired and cranky as we are after Nashville, make sure you get your coffee from Java House. Yes. JavaHouse.com. If you are not in the Indy area, they have a couple locations in Indy, including downtown, Carmel, and Broad Ripple. I feel like there's a fourth location, but I could be wrong. And so, yeah, if you can't go, go to JavaHouse.com. Use promo code PITLANE10 for 10% off the order. There's a bunch of orders that came in this weekend, so thank you to whoever you may be who are placing orders. Your support is appreciated, and the coffee is fantastic. And, yeah, so we have any news? Um, Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we we get to the news, predictions. Yeah, I have those right here. Okay, go ahead.
1: So it was a dismal weekend for both of us, just because I think the (laughs) chaos was impossible to um react to or just predict what was going to happen so let's see i had my picks were mclaughlin who finished second malukas who unfortunately finished 20th and then felix who finished seventh so my average finish was a 9.6 and you had award who unfortunately looked really fast all weekend and is probably out of the championship at this point but finished 24th herda who finished fifth magically as connor daly would say it was like a wizard kind of drive right there (laughs) and lastly you had ilot who finished 15th so your average finish was a 14.6 which i wouldn't say is that bad given how chaotic this race was
0: yeah i knew when Pada got hit early i remembered i hadn't picked i'm like oh this is gonna be a rough one and yeah so oh before we get to news i guess we should do another sponsor read and i don't have the thing handy. So go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging to get your five free travel packs of athletic greens. Travel packs instead of doing what I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Go on there and order it. And a year's supply of vitamin D, take control of your health, and buy athletic greens. It's very good tasting. I had the stuff that you left. I mixed it in with some actually some sugar free lemonade, which was oh yeah. Pretty good. And it's endorsed. It mixes well with stuff. Yeah, it, it does. Really does. It really does. It's endorsed by athletes like Lewis Hamilton. No uh you know, no artificial flavoring or colorings in it. It is all natural. It is vegan and keto and all the other fun uh, diets that you may or may not subscribe to. So athleticgreens.com slash emerging Adaptogen. Adaptogen. Yeah, adaptogens. Yeah. I don't know Gotta what that word, word means still, but adaptogens yes probably
1: contractually obligated to say that
0: science yes yeah (laughs) okay news wise
1: so there's not really that much i think in the news except that number one um simona di silvestro and Peretta what do they call pareta autosport will be back actually for a fourth race this season at the season finale at laguna so which is pretty cool they have not announced who their title sponsor will be. And unfortunately this weekend did not go so well for Simona, but hopefully Laguna will be a better way to close out the season. I'm looking forward to seeing what they are able to put together for 2023
0: and beyond. Yeah. And speaking of Laguna, there's a strong chance I may not go just because of how insanely expensive flights are still. Oh yeah. But if not, we are going to host a viewing party here and friend of the show Sawyer Sparks is organizing it and I'm just going to help promote it so I may I may end up doing that so I I don't have to go west for five days and yeah so more to come on that even if I end up in Laguna I'll still share details of the watch party it'll be at some bar in the indie area that's about as much as I know on that one so I literally cannot comment anymore You've got time. It's on September 11th. We're like a month away. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's there's pillow update but yeah it's going through the legal system. It looks like even more of a kerfuffle than it did supposed to be maybe meeting for a mediation
1: either today or tomorrow. So it may be resolved through this mediation. I don't know how confident I feel about that but it's kind of good that at least the two parties are willing to go through the mediation. We saw Chip actually I don't know I don't know what he did, pat him on the back and actually say something to Alex Pelot for the first time since about, what, was it June? Middle of June?
0: July 12th. July 12th. Something like that, Okay, so it's like a month,
1: yeah, that they hadn't really spoken. So that's a good sign. I mean, I don't really think he's going to be back in that car, but maybe the situation is getting a little bit less contentious or hostile.
0: Probably not. (laughs) Yeah, I I like to try
1: to be optimistic here, but we just don't know what's going on. I mean... It's incredible I... how Pillow can just continue to pull out good results while this stuff's going on. Because he just compartmentalizes it somehow and just goes out there and does his job.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, he's had a heck of a run right now. And I keep saying, like, one bad result, and he might you know, have a little bit of a mental lashing out sort of thing. But he keeps proving good results, top fives, top you know, podium and whatnot. And yeah. he held it together pretty well through some tough... Press conference questions where people were trying to yes, eke like answers out or. of him yeah. that weren't going to be answered. So you know, good for him for for hanging tough. And he's not a dumb guy by any means. So no, there's no. a
1: method to all this that's going on. As much as we don't see it, yes. I don't think he's just going out on a limb for no reason.
0: No, he's de- he definitely knows what he's doing. I'm a hundred percent convinced. It might be you know borderline arrogant, but I know he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, agreed. So I don't. I think. I guess that's it. We don't really have. We'll we'll save.
1: There's Formula no really e finales this weekend. Formula that's all. That's races going on. It's what times Seoul, that Korea. like
0: midnight or one a.m. or something.
1: I have not looked at the times yet. Um, I also know that there's like major flooding going on in Seoul right now. Right. So I don't know if that's going to impact the finale at all. So we might have
0: Speedboat finale instead of Formula (laughs) E. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. It's ridiculous how much water I've seen in some of the Formula E drivers' Instagram posts.
0: Yeah, I think you sent me one of those, didn't you?
1: I think I did, yeah. Yeah. Because it looked like there was a river flowing down the street. Like, it was probably three-ish feet of water on, like, a city street.
0: So if it's in Seoul, Formula E. That's got to be almost...
1: Twenty-four hours ahead or something. I don't know. Eighteen hours.
0: Yeah, I am pulling. I'm on the Formula E website right now. Not the easiest to navigate. No offense to them, but no, their it's website the is website really is awful. Where to watch? So it looks like qualifying is Saturday at eleven forty p.m. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Two 2 40, two 40 a.m. Okay. And the race is at 7 a.m. Saturday. Oh, uh, I mean, if you're an early riser, you can catch that. But I'm going to record it. And watch Same it. Same on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not waking up at 7 a.m. Is it is... on CBS or CBS Sports? Uh, the website doesn't really doesn't really tell. Let me click on this yeah, little I TV wish... button. <laughs> I wish
1: we could tell you guys.
0: Yeah this this is this is real time real time research. Okay, here we go. CBS HQ qualifying oh eastern time all right so ignore those times from before oh. looks looks like it's a little cbs online i don't it's very late in the night or very early in the morning e-pre 2 a.m to 4 a.m yikes is the thing listed as e-pre so not 7 a.m i don't know it's very very I will not be awake. I will definitely be recording that one. Yeah. It's the only racing I know of that's going on this weekend. I mean, I'm sure someone will tell
1: us that there's like an obscure sports car series going on and get really angry at us because there seems to be a certain group of people that like to do that. But, you know, sorry to offend you by not realizing that those races. There's only so much we can pay attention to at cover. I'm sorry. We love IMSA. But in order
0: to be professional, I also won't look at my phone at all this weekend. I'm just you know not going to look at my phone once all weekend.
1: Yeah, the fact that you would ever think to do Mm -hmm. that in the middle of your professional duties is... Mm. Crazy. Yeah, it's so such a bad look.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Totally ruins our image. Gonna have to retire now. And on that note, we should probably wrap it up before we completely spiral off the rails here. Frenchie, my date says thank you for rearranging the schedule. She wholeheartedly appreciates it. Almost word for word what she said. So... Glad it could be of service thank you <laughs> and i will report back on my state fair findings next week next week we'll be previewing gateway and what should be a busy weekend in st louis friday and saturday so yeah everybody have a lovely weekend of racing if you watch it
2: have you ever wanted to know how to win a formula one grand prix